This morning we're going to be in Matthew chapter 11. And as Jesus is closing out, uh, or I guess as Matthew is closing out that section, he says in verse 28, Come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Uh, now, Shannon, uh, my wife, she makes fun of me uh, a decent amount, most of which I deserve, because uh, I'm, I'm a little strange. And there's one thing that, that I do that kind of will get on her nerves, and that's I audibly sigh a lot. Like, I just won't be thinking about it. And I, I, I think what happens is I'm, I'm kind of an anxious, nervous uh, person, and so I think I'll kind of get caught up in my own thoughts, and I'll kind of hold my breath without thinking about it. And when it gets to the point where I need to breathe, it's just like I let all the air out, and it's just this audible sigh, and apparently it's annoying. Uh, but in a way, that's how this, this passage hits me. You know, we come, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden. It's like this invitation to just breathe and rest and relax. Um, and it's, it's a, a necessary thing that, that we find and when I study a passage like this, I, I like to print it out on cardstock, and I take some, uh, some colored pens, and I'll, I'll underline and circle and draw arrows and question marks and try and connect things, and just, it helps me to see this, the scripture in that way. And one of the things that I noticed is that verses 28 and verse 29, they both follow this, this pattern, okay? Both verses do the, do the exact same thing. They both start with this command, come to me, and then take my yoke, and then they move into the condition. So there's a command, there's a condition, and they both end with a conclusion. And so what we're going to do this morning is we're going to start with the condition there in the middle, and we're going to work our way out. And so the first uh, condition that we get is, is our condition. Jesus says, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden. Okay, and those are two words that we just understand. We know what it means to be heavy laden. We know what it feels like to have a weight on our shoulders. Uh, sometimes there are physical weights on us. Sometimes we're, we're sick, we deal with pain, we deal with bodily issues, uh, health issues, and it weighs on us. And we, and we feel that, and we carry that around with us. And, and a lot of times that, that physical hurt kind of spills over into uh, our mind and in our emotions. And again, there's other times where it's not necessarily a physical burden, but there's, there's a worry, there's an anxiousness, there's a fear, and that mental, emotional weight wears on us. And a lot of times that too will come over and affect uh, how our body reacts physically. Sometimes there's, there's sin in our life and there's just this pattern of sin and so we have the weight of con- the, these consequences of our sin, we have the weight of guilt, we have the weight of shame, and it just kind of rests on our shoulders. And then again, sometimes it's not anything with us personally, but we love other people and the people that we care about may be going through something. Maybe they're making bad decisions, they've gone off in a direction they shouldn't have gone, maybe they're hurting, uh, maybe they're helpless, and you can't do anything to fix the problem, and so there's this weight that rests on you because of something that they're going through. And so we all know that when you carry a burden, whether it's physical, whether it's mental, whether it's emotional, whether it's spiritual, when you carry a heavy burden, it weighs on you, it makes you weary, it makes you tired. And so Jesus gives us our condition, weary and heavy laden, and that may not be today, but you've got to admit, it's at least some days. Some days we all are weary. Some days we all are heavy laden. And sometimes those days join up into weeks, that join up into months, that join up into this season where we would just say, I feel <laughs> weary, I feel heavy laden. I feel like the weight of the world is resting on my shoulders. Uh, just to, to kind of give you a little window uh, into my life, 2015 was one of those years 
uh, for my family. That was a weary and heavy laden year. Uh, our oldest, Cole, he was born in December of 2010, and like we were, we were in love. You know, we loved being mom and dad, and loved being parents, and loved everything that came with that. And so, a couple of years later, we're like, "Well, this was great. Like, it'd be great to have another child." And so, we started kind of moving in that direction, and we got pregnant. And we got excited, and we started dreaming, and we started expecting, and then all of a sudden, in a moment, everything just, it just, it just fell apart. And like everything that we had been dreaming of, all of a sudden wasn't there. And it happened again, and it happened again. It was just this cycle of hope and then heartbreak. And so in 2015, like that was just, that was just weighing on it. It broke us. We couldn't understand, and we couldn't move past, and it was just, we were so stuck. And, and so that was what was happening in our family. And then in terms of um, me personally, uh, I had a job and I was thankful that I could get up in the morning and go to a job and uh, I enjoyed the people that I served under and I enjoyed the people I served with. But at the same time, me and Shannon were aware, like, it's time to, to move on. We both, both felt like God was moving us in a different direction. And so uh, I did what you do, and I started putting my name out there, and I would get phone calls, and these phone calls would be exciting, and everything sounded rosy, and then I'd step into uh, a face-to-face, and all of a sudden I'd realize this is not going to be a good fit, this is not a good situation, this is not where I need to be. Or maybe it'd be an email, and I'd get an email, and all of a sudden we'd start kind of thinking about what would it look like if we did this or went here and moved in this direction. And we'd go and we'd visit, and we'd get excited, and all of a sudden that door would just close and you can't fix it. And so I remember in, in 2015, that was, that was us. That we were weary, we were heavy laden, and that was life. At the same time, I'm a, I'm a minister, and so that summer in July, I took a group of kids to youth camp. And you ever had one of those times where you're like, you're just not in the mood? You know, you're just, you're just not interested? And that was me. And you know, I took the kids. Uh, the, that first night, the students, they went off to their Bible study groups, and then I went to adult Bible study which is honestly, at most camps, it's an excuse to kind of tell you about what's happening next year, and they want to hook you into coming uh, back again. But there's generally free coffee. So I went, because, you know, free coffee's good. And so I'm sitting down, and I've got my, my free pen, my free notepad, my cup of coffee, and that's all I want. That's all I want. That's all I'm interested in. I'm not interested in singing. I'm not interested in listening. I'm just, I just, I just want to sit and enjoy my coffee. And so... Um, Adult Bible study starts, and it doesn't go the way I think it's going to go. Um, there's not a lesson. There's not teaching. In fact, the, the guy got up from the, left the podium and said, I want you to gather around the piano. He moved to the piano, and he sat down, and he had everybody leave their tables, leave their chairs, and come gather around the piano and, and had us all sing. And again, I, just, I wasn't in the mood, but this is the song um, that he taught us. I, I'd never heard this song before. I really haven't heard it a whole lot since, but it's called Take a Moment. And it goes like this, take a moment to remember who God is and who I am. There you go, lifting my load again. And it just repeats this over and over and over. And it took me two or three or four or five times to hear it to finally catch what it was talking about. And it gets to the bridge and it says, No longer am I bound by the yoke of this world. Come upon me the yoke of Jesus. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. That's our text for this morning. And just to be honest, I didn't really understand what that part meant, but I did connect with the first part. Take a moment to remember who God is and who I am. There you go, lifting my load again. And there's this thing that happens when we get caught up in our condition, we get caught up in our situation, we're so overwhelmed by our weights, by our worries, by our burdens, all of a sudden we forget who God is. And so like it was in that moment, I just remembered like, I'm a child of God. 
and God knows me and God made me and God loves me and God cares that I'm hurting and God has a plan for my life. And so I don't know when this is going to get better. I don't know if this is going to get better, but I know that God is here right now and that he loves me. And that's all I needed. And it just kind of took the weight off my shoulders, even if for just, just a little bit, just for a moment. And so sometimes when we get caught up in our condition, we forget about Jesus. So I love from 28 to 29, this shift happens. And so in 28, we get our condition, but in 29, it moves to Jesus's condition. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. So Jesus tells us what we struggle with, and then he tells us who he, he is. He's gentle and he's humble in heart, and he's offers, he offers us this invitation, come to me. Now, for the most part, when you get an invitation, you look at the invitation, and you, got, and you kind of have to like, mentally evaluate, what do I have to do? Okay? Is this an invitation? I have to check it off and mail it back in. Do I need to call an RSVP? Do I need to go out and buy a gift and wrap it and have it somewhere? Do I need to travel and get a hotel room and, and go somewhere off to see a wedding or something? And you start thinking through, what do I have to do? Do I have to get dressed up? Do I have to get special clothes? Um, these, these are my special clothes, okay? This is, this is me dressed up, and I know there's people that won't agree, but I want you to understand I'm wearing socks, and my shirt is tucked in. So uh, anyway, the thing is, is if you grow up in church, you come to church with the expectation that you will dress up, right? I remember growing up, you wear your, you got Sunday shoes, and the only time you wear them is you wear them Sunday, and you get dressed up, and you look a certain way, and I, I get that, is that if we're going to come to this place, if we're going to worship a holy God, we should give him our best. We should, we should dress up. The problem is, is sometimes we take that mindset about how we dress and we carry it over into other areas of our life. And if we think to come in this place and to come to Jesus, we have to come and look pretty in every way. We think we can't have any sin. We can't have any struggles. When we come in, we have to smile. We have to shake a hand and we have to pretend like we've got everything figured out and everything is good and my life is just fine. And we, we know it's not. We know it's not. And as I look through the scripture, I tried to find an instance where Jesus got upset and Jesus got mad and Jesus got irritated because somebody brought him a struggle and, and somebody brought him a problem. And I just couldn't, I couldn't get there. Jesus never got upset when someone broke, brought their brokenness and ugliness to Jesus and said, here this is, I don't know what to do with this. Like Jesus never responded in a harsh way. Jesus did have some harsh words, but generally Jesus' harsh words were, were reserved for the people who pretended and acted and thought that they had it all together. And Jesus got upset with the people that, that felt like they were perfect and looked down on everybody else. In Mark chapter 2, there's this statement that says, It's not the healthy who need a physician, but those who are sick. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And so Jesus said, I didn't come to call those who were righteous, who were perfect, who had it all together. I, come to, I came to call those who were suffering, those who were in need, those who were dealing with sin. And so that's our condition, that's Jesus' condition, and then we get the command, come to me, and I think we understand that. I think we get that because that's the gospel truth. Think about Romans 6.23 and that just concise statement of the gospel. where it, Paul writes, he says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And, and we come to Jesus, and all we have to offer him is, we, here's my sin, here's my brokenness. Jesus, I need you to forgive me. I need you to cleanse me. I need you to make me whole. And so we give Jesus our sin, and he gives us his righteousness. And all of a sudden, we're holy, and we have abundant life and eternal life. And so I think, for the most part, we understand what it means to come to Jesus. 
We come to Jesus to start a relationship with Jesus. When we carry around sin, we come to Jesus for forgiveness. When we're sick with worry and fear, we come to Jesus and we offer him our prayers and we ask him to work in our life. And so I think we understand what it means to come to Jesus. For me, the struggle comes in in the command in verse 29. Take my yoke upon you. I'll be the first to tell you I'm not an animal person. I'm not an agricultural person. I grew up with uh, three types of animals. We had a dog, we had a miniature dachshund, we had a hamster, and we had a betta fish, none of which require a yoke. And so this isn't necessarily my world, uh, but I've, I've looked it up and I've kind of studied a little bit, and we know what a yoke is. An ox would wear a yoke and it would help the animal pull a plow through a field. And there's double yokes, and so two oxen would share the yoke and they would pull the plow together and they would plow the field. And so this yoke has the idea of work. It has the idea of making work easier, but it's still work and it's still plowing a field. Listen, I don't know a whole lot uh, about farming. I know some farmers and I drive by and I see the fields and the rows and I'm amazed at it. But I'll tell you, I don't know a whole lot of farming. The the one thing I do know about farming is this is farmers work. (laughs) Farmers work hard, Farmers work long hours. There's nothing easy about farming. And so I think it's interesting. We have this phrase in in verse 28, Come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And in the very next verse is this, I'll give you rest, take my yoke upon you. And so as soon as Jesus offers us rest, he then says, now take this instrument of work and put it on your shoulders. And so the question is, is what work does Jesus have for us that would be the same as rest. Like, what is Jesus asking us to put on our shoulders that would equal rest? And I love how John, John explains this. In John chapter, um, John chapter 6, verse 29, uh, Jesus is speaking. He said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. According to Jesus, the work that he has for us to do is simply this, is to believe in him. So Jesus invites us, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. And then he says, take my yoke upon you. Believe in me. Believe who I am. Believe what I say. Believe what I've done. Believe what I'm doing. And then he adds to the command, he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And I'll I'll tell you, I'm a slow learner. I'm a slow learner. Uh, I haven't learned everything that it means to be a husband, everything that it means to be a father, everything that it means to be uh, a minister. There's a lot of things I haven't learned. And there's a lot of things that I thought that I'd learned, but I hadn't really learned. I'll give you an example. Uh, When I came here to this church uh, about two years ago, I'd been in full-time ministry for six years. And so there's certain skills that you pick up in ministry. There's certain things that you just have to learn how to do if you work in the church. And whether you realize it or not, this is one of the skills you have to to learn to work in a church. Uh, They don't teach it in seminary, but it's absolutely essential. It's really important. To work in a church, you need to be able to move tables, okay? You got to move tables, you got to move chairs, you got to stack them, you got to roll, you got to know how to do it, okay? And so in six years, I thought, surely I figured out how to move tables. Surely I figured out how to move tables. And so we were doing an event over in the FMC for the students, and they have the long eight-foot tables that aren't normally set up in there, but they're in the closet. So I grab them out of the closet towed them to where they need to be, and it's a very specific process. You set it down on its side, you unfold the legs, you pull the rings down to lock the legs into place, and then you do the fun part. You do a little kick and a swing, and the table comes down, and you've got it set how you want it. 
And so I remember I went through this long process of pulling tables out, carrying the tables, flipping the tables, getting the tables situated. And at the end of it, I was just, I was hot, I was sweaty, I was tired, I was gross. And we still had a whole night of ministry. And so we had our night of ministry, and it was time to take the tables down because we had to get things ready for breakfast on Sunday morning. And so I started the process of tipping the tables over and closing the legs and carrying them to the closet. When all of a sudden Arnie appears, uh, Arnie does that, he just appears. Arnie appears, and he grabbed the rack that I'd been putting the tables on, and he pulled the rack, pulled it to the table, pushed it to the table, and I'm telling you, with one hand, probably two fingers, lifted the table up, it flipped right up on the rack, he closed the legs, and wheeled to the next table. And what took me probably 30 minutes to do, Arnie knocked out in about two. Okay? Um, here's the thing. I, could, I, I moved tables. I did it. I did the work that needed to be done. But I made it a lot harder than it needed to be. And the truth is, is sometimes we do that in life. We listen to what God has to say about eternity. We listen to what God has to say about prayer. We listen to what God has to say about worship and what we do when we come here on a Sunday But we kind of ignore everything else that Jesus has to say. Jesus has a lot to teach us about our money, about our marriage, about our family, about our finances, about how to raise children, about how to treat our neighbors, about how to forgive. Jesus has all this information, and he wants to go, look, I created life, I designed life, I created you, and I know how life works best. Come to me, believe me, and learn from me. And so sometimes the burdens that we carry in life aren't necessarily sin burdens. Sometimes they're just slow burdens. We just haven't learned what it looks like to walk in the way that Jesus has created life to work. And so when Jesus says, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, he's offering us this chance to to learn from him how life works, to learn from him how relationships work, to learn from him how uh, family works. And he offers uh, us this chance to, to learn from him, the author and the creator of life. And so we've, we've gone through this. We've got the condition. We're weary and heavy laden. He's gentle and humble in heart. We've got the command, come to me, believe in me, learn from me. And then they both end with the same conclusion. Verse 28 says, uh, and I will give you rest. And verse 29 says, and you will find rest for your souls. And I was thinking about this idea of rest. And my view of rest has changed so much. Think about little kids. You know, I was thinking about my boys When I tell them at the end of the day, it's time to go to bed, you would have thought like I just told them the worst news in the world. You know, if if it's a Saturday afternoon, I said, hey guys, it's time, you got to take a nap today. Like you would have thought I just laid the world's worst punishment on them. You mean I have to go to bed? You mean I have to lay down? You mean I have to close my eyes? That's horrible. How could you? You're terrible, right? When we're kids, that's the worst thing. Think about as adults, right? How many times has maybe... uh, your child called you out, hey, dad, dad, are you sleeping? I'm not sleeping, I'm just resting my eyes, you know? And it's, it's this thing where like, we long for rest. I tell you, if I'm in bed and asleep at 9.30, I'm bragging about it the next day. Like, it's, I'm excited. And I think the thing is, is that the older we get, the more people we have that depend on us, and the more weight we carry, and the more exhausted we get, and we, we have our burdens, and we have other people's burdens, and it makes us weary. And so when we get to the point where we can have physical rest, like, we enjoy it and we look forward to it, and we're thankful, and we recognize when it doesn't happen. We're busy, we're weary, we're heavy laden, and we need rest, and Jesus offers, offers us that. And so verse 30, he gives one more little description. He kind of break, breaks the pattern a little bit, and he says this. He says, for my yoke is easy, 
and my burden is light. And when I read that initially, when I heard my yoke is easy, it didn't really make much sense because the yoke is an instrument of work. And that doesn't seem easy. And Jesus asked us to do some things that aren't easy. Jesus asked us to, to love our neighbor, uh, to forgive people that hurt us, to pray for those who persecute us, to give sacrificially. Jesus asked us to do some things that are difficult. So when I read this, I go, it doesn't sound easy. And, and as I studied kind of the, the, the way to translate the word, a good translation of the word may not be easy. It may be well-fitted, well-fitted. We all know when we've bought something, it just it fits well. It makes a difference. Uh, when I was in New Orleans, I really got into running, and I was, uh, I was training for a half marathon, and so it was 13 miles, and so it was a lot of running. And if you know me, um, you know I'm, I'm, really, I'm really cheap. I'm really thrifty. And so I remember I went to TJ Maxx, because I didn't have a pair of running shoes. I went to TJ Maxx, and I bought the cheapest pair of running shoes they had for $15, and they were, they were ugly. <laughs> they were white, and they had this, this gold-plated design on them, and they were terrible, but they were $15. And so I put them on. And I ran in them, and I ran in them, and I ran in them. But something happened over time as the shoes started wearing out. And not only did the shoes wear out, my ankles and my knees and even my hips, all of that was just starting to hurt. And so I remember I finally broke down, and I went to this running uh, shoe store in New Orleans. It was specifically designed uh, for runners. And I expected to walk in, to sit down on the little bench, for them to bring out the, the metal contraption that measures your foot, and for them to sell me the most expensive pair of shoes in the store. That's kind of what I expected. And I remember I came in, and I didn't really know what I was looking for. I didn't know brands. I didn't know, I didn't know anything. I said, look, I need some help finding some running shoes. And they didn't take me to the bench. And they didn't have me sit down, and they didn't bring the metal contraption out. They said, okay, well, we need to go outside. I said, what are you talking about we need to go outside? And so they, they took me outside, and they said, you see that stop sign down in the corner? I said, yeah, I see the stop sign down in the corner. They said, you need to run to that stop sign and run back. I said, I'm wearing, I'm wearing like loafers and khaki pants, and a polo shirt, and you want me to run down the street of downtown New Orleans right now and look like I'm crazy? And they said, yeah, we, we, we need to see you run. And so anyway, I, I jogged down, and I jogged back, and they took me in the store, and all of a sudden they started kind of explaining things. They're like, first of all, you're wearing shoes that are two sizes too small for you. You wear a different size running shoe than you wear a normal shoe. And second of all, the shoes that you're wearing are the exact opposite of what you need. The way that your foot hits and rolls, you need support in this. You know, and so he started explaining how the shoe worked and how I was wearing the wrong kind of shoe. And they fitted me for a shoe. And it, it cost a little bit more. But I'm telling you, when I got out and actually started running, all of a sudden my ankles and my knees and my hips and everything started working like it should because I'd been fitted with shoes that made sense for my life. And sometimes we do this is we feel like we need God in certain areas, but other areas we feel like we've got figured out. I can move some tables. I know how to discipline my kids. I know how to love my neighbor. I know how to do all this. And the truth is, is that Jesus created life. He created me. He created you. He knows our future and he knows what fits. And so if we'll look to him and learn from him, we'll find a pace of life that fits. We'll find a way of life that fits. We'll find a way to deal with our emotions that fits. We'll find a way to, to deal with our family and our neighbors and, and our stressors. We'll find a way that, that fits. And sometimes Jesus will take those burdens from us. And sometimes Jesus will, will show us a different way to carry those burdens. And sometimes Jesus will leave the burden there. He'll just step in the yoke next to us and, and carry, it, carry it along for us. But Jesus cares about our burdens, he cares about our struggles, and he invites us to come to him and learn from him. And so I was trying to think of, like, what's a way to, to, to illustrate this? What's a way to, to paint a picture of this? And, 
it's, it's interesting. I was in Matthew chapter 11, and if you look to the top of Matthew chapter 11, you read about John the Baptist. And John the Baptist was an interesting guy. Uh, the Gospels start off talking about John the Baptist. They describe him as a man who um, wore camel hair clothing and lived out in the wilderness and ate uh, locust and wild honey. So kind of an interesting, interesting guy. And John was born a couple of months before Jesus. And John's entire life, John's entire job, John's entire ministry was for one thing. John was to prepare people for Jesus. And so John was out in the wilderness. He was baptizing people. He was saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so he's getting people ready for Jesus. And we see this scene in scripture where Jesus shows up. And John and Jesus have this conversation. And, John go, and Jesus asks John to baptize him. And John kind of pushes back and says, now, I'm not worthy to untie your shoe. Why would... Why would I baptize you? It doesn't make sense. But Jesus kind of presses and said, this is fitting. This will honor my father. And so John baptizes Jesus. Jesus comes up out of the water. There's a scene where the Holy Spirit descends like a dove on Jesus. And God speaks, this is my son whom I love. And John's there and John's experiencing this. And as the New Testament moves forward, as the Gospels move forward, John kind of fades out of the scene. John fades out of the picture. In fact, he starts pointing his followers to Jesus. And he makes this statement, he must increase and I must decrease. And so we stop hearing from John a little bit. But in Matthew chapter 11, we pick up on the story. And John's gotten thrown into prison because he was, uh, he was speaking against the king. The king was in a sinful relationship. John uh, addressed it, spoke about it, made the king mad. John's in prison. And so in Matthew chapter 11, verse 2, we pick up on John's story. And, and here's how it plays out. John, uh, Matthew chapter 11, verse 2. Now when John, while imprisoned, heard of the works of Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the expected one, or shall we look for someone else? Now think about everything that John has seen, everything that John has experienced, everything that John's life has been all about. Like he knows who Jesus is, and yet he gets to this moment And he's weighed down by the weight of prison. He's weighed down by the weight of fear. He's weighed down and weary. And so he starts to doubt who Jesus is. And so he sends Jesus the message. Are you you really the son of God? Are you really the Messiah? Are you really who you say you are? Because from where I'm sitting, life doesn't seem like it's going how I thought it would. And so he he starts to doubt a little bit. And Jesus Jesus responds, verse 4, Jesus answered and said to them, Go and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached them. And blessed is he who does not take offense at me. So Jesus is gentle. Jesus is humble. And Jesus listens to, to the situation that John's in, listens to the pain, listens to the hurt. And he doesn't berate him. He doesn't tear him down. He doesn't insult him. He doesn't say, how could you? He simply lays out, John, I know this is how you see life, but this is reality. The scripture said this would happen, this is happening. The poor are having the good news preached to them. The lame are walking, the deaf hear, the blind sing. We we heard uh, the song about Lazarus. All of this is happening. And so in the midst of John's pain, Jesus lays out reality and says, this is life. Believe in me, trust me, I've got this. And so uh, it's interesting to see how this, this, this plays out is that John takes his burden to Jesus and Jesus shows himself to be gentle just as, just as he describes and he, he takes some of the weight uh, from John. And so uh, last night I, I was up here and kind of 
trying to gather, gather my thoughts. And I was thinking about 2015. I started, about 20, I started sharing with you at the beginning about uh, 2015. And, and 2015 is the year I started keeping a journal. Um, I was at a camp, and uh, somebody was sharing about it. And so I got to thinking about what was, wondering what was life like, you know, in October of 2015. Uh, and so I got my journal. I started, started flipping it open. And it was really interesting. October the 5th, uh, of 2015, I wrote down a couple of verses from Matthew, and they're actually verses that are words of John the Baptist. And in Matthew uh, chapter 3, John said this, he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. And in Matthew 3, 8, he said this, he said, therefore produce fruit that proves your repentance. And so I remember just trying to work through this, what does repentance look like? You know, what, is, what does repentance look like? And I was trying to just kind of work through my thoughts, and what I ended up doing um, Make sure the choir wasn't up here to see this. But what I ended up doing is I, th- I thought about repentance, and repentance has to do with sin. And I started listing my sin out, like things that I had said, uh, people that I had hurt, uh, regrets that I had, things that I felt like I should have done but didn't take the opportunity. I started listing, listing out my sins. And so the left side of this page, it's just it's one, one sin after the other, some of... Um, Anyway, just one sin after the other. And what I did is on the right side of the page, I started uh, something else. See, Matthew 3, it says, Therefore produce fruit that proves your repentance. And I was thinking of this idea, what would it look like if my life was different? If I repented, what would my life look like? And so next to every sin that I listed, I put what it would look like. What would be the fruit if I repented? And so if I was angry at this person, and if I had used my words in a wrong way against this person, what would repentance look like to that person? Uh, if I was dealing with, with this fear, with this anxiety, what would repentance look like on the other side? If I had not uh, done something I was supposed to do, what would repentance look like? And so all of a sudden, whereas my sins right here, all of a sudden this picture of righteousness and repentance appears on the other side. And it kind of helped me visualize what I should be walking towards. And I, was, I look back four years ago, I see some things and, and I thank God because I see some things that aren't necessarily a big struggle in my life today. Like they were a big deal apparently four years ago, but today it's not as big of an issue. And I see other areas where I'm like, I've got a long way still to go. I'm still struggling with some of the same things, some of the same attitudes that I, I was then. But I can go back and I can look. And so our passage this morning is this, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And so the simple message is this, is that we are all burdened with something, and Jesus invites us to come to him, to believe in him, and to learn from him. Okay? And so I'm going to ask you to do something. If you want to kind of take it a step further, here's, here's something I'd love for you to do. And it, it sounds really simple, so you may want to, uh, you may kind of write it off, but, but, but I'm going to tell you, it's, it's made a difference in my life. Okay. Find a journal, find a notebook, find a piece of paper, find a napkin. And at some point this week, maybe at a point where you feel overwhelmed or worried or anxious, take a moment and I just want you to list what is it that you feel like is burdening you? What is it that's making you weary? Like, is it a relationship? Is it, is it sin? Is it a, a situation? Like, what is it? And just write it out on one side of the page. Because I tell you, if you're anything like me, sometimes I end the day and I'm weary and I'm burned out and I just, 
I don't even know why. You know what I mean? Like there's worries that keep circling through my head, but if you write it down, it kind of forces you to think about, okay, what's really weighing me down? What's really robbing me of my rest? What's really keeping me up at night? What's really the issue? And if you write it down, you can see it clear as day. And listen, the hard part is I don't know, I don't know what you're going to write down, but I do know this, is that if you write down your burdens on one side of the page and leave the other side blank, and if you create space for God to speak, I think God will have something to say about your burdens. And maybe scriptures will start coming to your mind, or maybe you'll remember something that, that Pastor Shep said, or maybe something from Sunday school will connect. But my guess is, is that if you actually physically write down your burdens and leave some space to the side for Jesus to speak, you'll see him begin to speak into your life and into those situations. And sometimes it's not pretty. Sometimes I'll write a burden down, and my answer is, is that God will kind of show me, Jonathan, you've got a arrogance and a pride about you. And the reason that's a burden is because you're being prideful and boastful. And so you need to repent and confess that. And so as I repent and confess, Jesus takes a burden because it was a sinful burden. And sometimes we'll write something down and, and we'll go, well, my finances are a burden. And Jesus will kind of say, well, are you are using your finances how I've instructed you? Are you handling money the way that I've taught you? And, and part, of, part of releasing that burden is trusting God with finances. And then sometimes it's like John the Baptist. Sometimes we'll write a burden down, and the only answer that we get is that God is good and that God loves us. But what we'll find out is, is that's enough. I'll tell you the, the, the greatest thing about uh, writing this down. Part of it is, is that as I write down what God's teaching me, it makes sense and I can see it on paper. But here's the other thing. I was flipping back at this at some of my burdens from four years ago, uh, I'd written some names down of people that were, like there, were, there were situations, there were issues, there were things, and I'd forgotten about them. And when you write your burdens down, you can go back a year later, two years later, three years, four years, and you can look and you go, man, God worked. God did something. God moved. God answered that prayer. That thing I was so stressed out about, so worried about, that kept me up at night. Like, God worked. God moved. God answered. God was good. And, and it reminds us that God's good. And so as I spent some time last night just kind of going through this, I looked at some of my burdens from the past, some of the burdens I'd forgotten about, and it made me remember that God handled those. And, and if I remember that God handled those, it helps me know this, God can handle whatever burden I bring to him today. If God has handled every single burden that's ever come through my past, that I can trust that he can handle my burden today, and I can trust that he can handle whatever is going to come at my life tomorrow. And so my challenge for you is simply this. We all have burdens. We all have things that weigh us down. Take it to Jesus. Take it to Jesus. Allow him to take that burden off your shoulders. Allow him to carry that burden alongside of you. Allow him to to teach you uh, how to live life in a way that creates rest. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. And Lord, we thank you that you love us, that we know what love is because of you. And Lord, there are days when we wake up and we are excited to sing and, it's, and we look forward to everything that's going to happen. And Lord, we praise you for those days. And Lord, there's other days when we wake up and we're just, uh, we're just dreading what the day has in store. And we don't fill up to it. And Lord, you're just as much with us on those days. And so Lord, help us to remember you. Help us to remember who you are. Help us to remember that we are your children. 
And Lord, help us to remember that we can find rest in you. Lord, help us to identify our burdens. Help us to trust you with our burdens. Help us to bring our burdens to you and learn from you and experience the rest that only you can provide. We love you, Lord. Amen.